I'm really excited about this talk today, uh, not just because I'm giving it, um, but I'm genuinely excited because I think, actually, it was a really timely reminder for me of, quite frankly, why we're here. It was a really, really important reminder, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, because sometimes we lose sight of what, we, what I've learned in preparing this so I pray, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, come now and open our eyes, open our ears to hear you, see you this morning. We give you permission to come and challenge us this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and remind us why Jesus came, why he died for our sins and brought us into a glorious new hope. And a promise of an eternity spent with you. Come now, Holy Spirit, and lead us, I pray. Amen. Okay, but just before we get to the word, can I have the next slide, please? Just want to put it in context really, really quickly. Um, the reading today is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 19. It's just worth noticing where this comes in the Bible. Okay, we know that Jesus had his ministry. He was here for three years. He died, he was crucified, and then he was resurrected on Easter. And then there's this period of 40 days before he ascended back to be with the Father and sit at his right side. And these words came just before Jesus went back up to be with the Father. In some ways, you could almost say these were Jesus' last words. Now, if there is last words, he'd been here for three years doing amazing things. It's really interesting what he chose those last words to be. And that's what I find so exciting about today. Okay, next slide, please. So, Matthew 28, 18 to 19 goes like this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Barry, go and make disciples of all nations. Hold on a minute. I don't know what version you've got. It's the New International Barry version. First point. It doesn't say Barry, go and make disciples. You, me, us, go and make disciples. It is not our pastor's job to make disciples. It is our job. It is my job. It is your job to make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And this is known as the Great Commission. Next slide, please, Ken. So there are three things we're going to look at this morning through how this is best commissioned. One, that it's fulfilled through Jesus' sovereign power. Two, we need a global perspective to enable us to outlive it. And three, that this is best delivered, if you like, is best achieved when we recognize that God's love is personal. 
that before we get to those three things, let's just be really super clear on a couple of things. Next slide, please. One, what is a disciple? If we've been told, if we've been commanded by Jesus to make them, let's just make sure we have no doubt about what that actually is. A disciple is simply this, a personal follower of Christ. A disciple is a personal follower of Christ. He is a follower or a pupil of a teacher. And Jesus was really clear, he was really clear about what a disciple looked like. Luke 6.40 said, a disciple will look like his teacher. So if you're wondering what a disciple is, if you're wondering about what it is that Jesus is calling you to go and make, he wants you to make people who are going to look like Jesus. Second thing, from John chapter 13. We'll know if we've made disciples when we and they love one another with the same love that Jesus had. So if you're wondering this morning, if you have any doubt at all about what a disciple looks like, a disciple looks like a follower of Jesus and he loves with the same love that Jesus had. Next slide. I just want to bust a few myths this morning. It's 2,000 years since Jesus gave those words. And I think in 2,000 years, a little few things have crept in that might actually have slightly caused us to lose sight of really what that commandment is all about. For example, Jesus' great commandment didn't say, bring people to church, make churchgoers. He didn't say that. He didn't say make churchgoers. He didn't say make believers. How many people, when you share your faith with them, say, I believe in God? But they do nothing about it during the week. It makes no difference to their life. Their belief is simply a belief in something. It's not a personal relationship with the true and living God. He didn't call us to go out and make followers. I'm pleased to say on Flickr, where I share some of my photographs, I had a look this morning, I have 645 followers. Jesus didn't ask us to make followers of us. He asked us to make followers of him, of him. And here's a tricky one. Here's a lovely little one. He didn't commission us to build his church. Ooh, how easy it is to fall into the trap of thinking it's our job, my job. I'm on the leadership team. I need to build this church. No. Jesus said, I, Jesus said, I will build my church. We are commissioned to make disciples. Now, here's a little bit just to make you wince because it made me wince. (laughs) There are no excuses for doing this. 
there are no excuses. I'm really sorry, I'm not good at sharing my faith. Oh, I find it really difficult. Some people said to Jesus just the very same thing. Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. There were three examples where people came up with, and I'm really sorry, they came up with good excuses. Jesus said to one person, follow me. The man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said, sure, off you go. I completely understand. You go and do that. No, 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 sorry, he didn't say that. What he actually says was, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Sometimes I think we forget that Jesus is a tough Lord to follow. He asks us to make real sacrifices. Now don't get me wrong, because he loves you with an everlasting love. But he also asks you to make sacrifices. It's a tough calling. If you read the New Testament, there'll be many times when he asks his followers to do things, and it says, and many left him. But it never says he ran after them. He never changed his message to make it easier to swallow, easier to follow. Jesus asks us to make great sacrifice to him. But what a joy to do so. What a joy to do so. I believe if we make disciples, God will build his church. Okay, next slide. The three points we're going to look at briefly this morning. If we're going to make followers of Jesus, then quite frankly, if we try and do it on our own strength, we're off to a bad start because you're soon going to burn out, you're going to get frustrated, and you're going to find it really challenging. So it has to be achieved and fulfilled through Jesus' sovereign power. If we could go on to the next slide, please. First thing I want to look at in verse 18. Then Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's just reminding us that all authority, all power is his. I hate to disappoint you, but it's not yours. Now, what I mean by that is, yes, you have access to it, because if you're in Jesus, you have it. But if you think that power and authority is yours in your own right, well, I'm really sorry to disappoint you, but it isn't. All authority and power is in Jesus. And we have access to that power, but only when we are in him. If we try to do it in our own strength, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be hard. So firstly, we need to fulfill it through Jesus' sovereign power. We have a vision in Alive to have a church of 5,000 strong across all our locations. 
And there is an absolute rock-solid and foundational belief that that will only be achieved through God's sovereign power. And if you have any doubt about that, there are three promises. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Luke 1.37, with God, nothing is impossible. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's all there for the taking. It's all there through Jesus. So, to fulfill the Great Commission, we need to know whose strength we're doing it in. Secondly, and I have the next slide, please, Keen. We're going to need a global perspective. How big is your vision? How far out are your horizons? I have a quick request. Is there anybody here that is six foot tall? Could you stand up, please, if you're six foot tall? I promise you're not going to have to do anything. It's just, just for an illustration. Okay. Oh, wow. We have low. I would sit down now because I... <laughs> I would sit down now because I'm five foot eight and a half, and the half is important. Thank you, guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. For you guys that were standing up there, a little fact for you. If you're standing on a flat, uh, level field or plain, the horizon, that line, is three miles away. So that horizon that you can see is three miles away if you're six foot tall. If you're standing on a hill that's approximately 100 feet tall, the horizon moves out. The horizon is then 12 miles away. If you're flying at 35,000 feet, or if you're standing at the top of Mount Everest, the horizon is 230 miles away. I think you can see where I'm going here. The higher you are, the further you see. The higher you rise the bigger your vision. Rise and build isn't called rise and build by accident. We've been called to rise up. The higher we rise, the more we will see and the bigger our vision will be. Next slide, please. Verse 19. (laughs) I like this bit because it rhymes. I'm going to read it to you. Verse 19, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations not one not two not a couple not a few not some not many not lots but all nations how big is our vision jesus would you raise us up higher would you rise us up that our vision would be as comparable to yours may we see with your eyes so secondly we need to have a big vision for all nations next slide please so we've been up to everest 230 feet no 230 miles is our horizon but now i want to bring you back down to earth And if you could close your eyes, I'm not going to make you do anything strange. If you could just close your eyes for a minute. I want you to bring to mind someone that is dear to you. Maybe that someone isn't a follower of Jesus. 
if Jesus was here right now, what do you think he would say to that person? I know what he says to me. He says, Nigel, I love you. Nigel, I forgive you. Nigel, I came to set you free. Nigel, I came to give you a life worth living, a life full to the brim. And he'd say, and guess what? When it's all done, Nigel, you can come and spend eternity with me. And that's what he wants to say to your friend. That's what he wants to say to you today. You see, no matter how big your vision is, you can open your eyes, no matter how how many people you could reach for Jesus, ultimately, it is a love relationship. It's one to one. And he says, baptize them. If I can have the next slide. Oh, no, go back one. Let's not do that one yet. Sorry. When he says, baptize them all, we don't believe in mass baptisms. We don't sort of queue everyone up down the side of the swimming pool and say, right, in you go. We baptize people one at a time. That's personal. That's personal. God's love for us is personal. It's a personal touch. It's a personal relationship. So let's not see people as simply a number. Let's love them with the same love that Jesus had. So, to conclude, I have the last slide, please, Keen. Jesus has commissioned us to make followers of him. He's given us all we need to act in his power and authority, to rise up with him and have a vision which is so big. But he calls us to know and love and share his love personally. Can I have my anointed keyboard player up, please? Two thousand years ago, Jesus gave those words to his disciple. Do you know what? Two thousand years later, those words are just the same. My word, says the Lord, never change. His word is never changing. I truly believe that if we grasp this commission and go and make disciples of all nations, then there won't be enough churches on this land for them to all be in. We won't be planting a church every year. We'll be planting a church every month. If we truly stepped out and took responsibility, took accountability for what Jesus has commanded us to do, 
and not get lost in everything else. It's not just about me coming to church, me getting fed, me making it through the week. Yes, that's part of it. That's great for us. But if we keep it to ourselves, then quite simply we've failed that great commission. In Romans it tells us, if we don't tell people about Jesus, who will? If we don't tell people, if we don't share his love, who will? Jesus died to set us free. Jesus died that our sins would be forgiven. Thank you, Lord. That's so great and that's so special. But if we don't share it, if we don't carry on that great commission, if we don't continue Jesus' ministry as he's commanded us to do, then God help us. So that's why I believe we need to rise and build. Build his kingdom. Because I want to see a future full of Jesus' followers. Let us pray. Father, when we have made it anything other than about you and your son, then forgive us. Help us truly to grasp your great commission. Light a fire inside us to fulfill it. Help us to know that we can only do it through your power. We need a big vision. (laughs) And we need to love like you did.